Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. Hey everyone, it's me, Dr. Paul Etchison. And year end is coming up. And if you've got the right CPA working in your corner, well, you already know what you're going to pay in taxes. And you know that you aren't going to be surprised come springtime. I see so many practice owners putting so much time into doing their own bookkeeping, payroll, and financial planning for the year. Your CPA should be someone in your corner, providing you with the tools to help make decisions regarding running your practice. And if you aren't getting useful and timely financials, you are essentially driving a car without a dashboard. I want to tell you about Bull Moose Financial, a firm specializing in dental practices that can handle all of your bookkeeping, all your financial reports, tax and state compliance, as well as giving you tax projections well before the year end so that you can plan and make changes proactively. I worked with Bull Moose for six years before I partnered with MB2, and I can tell you, they know what they're doing, and I never realized how much I truly needed a dental-specific CPA until I started working with them. So stop wasting time trying to do it on your own. Let the specialists handle that part of your practice so that you can spend more time growing your business. Reach out to Bull Moose Financial at bullmoosefinancial.com, and if you mention the Dental Practice Heroes podcast, they will waive the $2,000 onboarding fee. That's a $2,000 value. That's bullmoosefinancial.com. That's B-U-L-L-M-O-O-S-E Financial. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am here, Dr. Paul Edgerson, joined by my buddy, Dr. Justin Bullard. We are your dental business mentors, and we are taking your questions most of the stuff you send us, we're answering it. Sometimes we don't because I think we've already answered it. But we got a good one today. And I mean, all these questions we get are common. But someone's writing in and they're saying, hey, they're talking about their morning huddles. And they're also talking about their meetings. And they're starting to feel like a crappy leader because people are not coming in when they're not working that day for the meetings. And as we know, we're shutting down our practice. And that would bother me. And also people show up late to the morning huddles. I think these are very common questions, things that happen in everybody's offices. So go for it, Justin, like hammer that home. Let's get these people to show up because we need to talk. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Great questions. I think all of us have been through this to some extent. My short answer is when people don't want to do things like that, you just simply move on from those people. They're bad for culture. Generally, they're probably not interested in being there and they don't really see the value in participating in these things. In the current environment that we have, where we have labor shortages, we have younger generations not replacing baby boomers at the rate that we need. And this is not just dentistry, folks. This is all industries. I attend a lot of different conferences and have for many, many years in a number of different industries and fields because it gives me perspective on what's happening, right? Sometimes you can get a very narrow lens and you think we're the only ones being impacted. It is everybody. The old is is leaving at a much faster rate than being replenished mm-hmm. by the younger. We've got to procreate fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to get to work. How guys. many kids? You've got three, right? <laughs> I've got three, man. I'm contributing to society here. You're net positing. Me and my wife were just awash. We only got two. <laughs> I've got to get to work. Yeah, that's right. One net positive. I've never looked at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what this comes down to is you can't necessarily just 
move on from everybody as quickly as you'd like to nowadays. You do have to put up with a little bit more. I would say we've been very fortunate to a large extent. We have team members with practices we've acquired that were inherited through those practices who were just great. And those doctors are there and those team members are still there and all that kind of stuff. But every now and then we'll get a new team member join our team and they don't really make it past their probationary period. So my sense is like, look, always have ads out, always be recruiting and don't put up with those people. Like if they're not interested in growing personally and professionally with your practice, then as far as I'm concerned, if I've given them 90 days and there's no change, I've set expectations and there's no change, I might not be able to let them go because of like logical or logistic reasons, but I've let them go in my mind and we're already looking for a replacement. And the second we find one, they're no longer there. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that's the minority for us now. But if you're finding that that's the case, then you're just going to have to trade some players and reconstitute your roster. But let's assume that that is not an option and you do not want to do that. Well, setting expectations is super important. I've heard, and I'm not saying this is you, but I am saying that it has been me or others in the past where you expect team members to show up to a huddle on time and prepared. And guess what? You walk in with your coffee five minutes late. Mm -hmm. And what do we know? We know that the best leaders are those who lead by example. The best leaders are those that ask people to do things that only they would do themselves. We know that leaders who actually have the ability to lead by example and do that consistently build trust a lot quicker. If you're not doing that, what are the chances the team members are going to think it's important if you don't show up? Now, I'm not saying you can't remove yourself as the bottleneck and say, hey guys, I don't show up to the huddle because you guys are all much smarter than me and you don't really need me here. Just tell me what to do, point your finger and I will listen. But if you show up flexing all the time, like you're the one with all the answers and you don't show up on time, Mm -hmm. you got no humility, guess what? Why would anybody think that's important to show up on time, right? They're just not gonna feel that way. So I think that's important to keep in mind. The other piece here is if you expect folks to show up, so let's, let's say set expectations for folks And then you also meet those same expectations. There's no hierarchy here where you're necessarily like immune to it. Like you need to be there on time and you need to be there prepared or explain to them that you're not really part of this process and set that culture. I've seen a lot of practices work that way. They don't have the doctor in there. It's like the doctor is useless in this meeting. Let's get rid of the doctor. We'll just tell them what to do later, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they know that that's what you expect of them as for them to be a part of this team, right? That's the expectation. So set expectations, number one. The second piece here is like, okay, is it a huddle? Is it a monthly meeting or is it training? I kind of break my meetings down into those three things, right? Morning huddle. We got monthly meetings. Some might have quarterly, whatever. Invent as many as you like. I prefer the fewer meetings, the better. That's my opinion on the topic. I don't like having a bunch of meetings. I think it's a lot of wasted time, wasted communication, so much venting that takes place. Really, this is not really practical to do on a regular basis. I like having the huddle because it sets up the intention for the day. It allows us to identify same-day treatment opportunities, any landmines in the schedule that can blow things up and cause us all stress, where we can put in emergencies, etc. It allows us to maximize productivity and streamline efficiency, which is a stress reduction protocol for everybody. In my mind, a huddle is crucial. So everyone should do that. People should show up for the huddle. If they don't, you collectively get team members to also encourage them to. Elicit your team members that are showing up. Have them go talk to them as well and say, hey, look, 
like Susan, we'd love to see you at the huddle because we all get a chance to decide where we're going to get more productivity in a day and maybe it impacts our bonuses or we all have the opportunity to actually have a more efficient day. So the Dr. X isn't running behind in your hygiene schedule, for example, right? And I know that stresses you out, Susan. So it'd be super helpful if you were here, if you could just be here with us, what can we do to support you to do that, right? Like have the team do that as well. So there's the huddle, there's the monthly and there's the training. I've seen a lot of docs where you expect team members to show up to these meetings. Like if they're during regular hours and they're being paid their regular wage, I don't see this as a major problem most of the time. Mm-hmm. Where I mostly see lack of attendance is where it's like, it's going to be on a Saturday, but they only work Monday to Wednesday. Yeah. Or if you're doing like a Friday afternoon meeting and the office is usually closed Friday afternoons, it's like a training session taking place that ordinarily they wouldn't be there. That's when I see this stuff fall, fall apart. And I do think that's probably what the, the question's geared towards. So what I do in those circumstances is I emphasize the importance of the meeting. What is the easiest, simplest way you can emphasize the importance of the meeting? Do you pay them less than they ordinarily would earn? Yeah, meeting rates. Or do you pay them the same they would ordinarily earn, plus buy them lunch and coffee and make it a great day? Well, I think the answer is obvious, right? Like if you want me to show up and you want me to treat this like it's as important as a patient clinical day, then I should be paid the exact same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't I be? So I've never believed in the meeting rate stuff. I've never believed that anybody should be paid a meeting rate because what am I doing at that point? I'm basically diminishing the importance of the meeting. I'm saying the meeting is less important. It's half as important. That's why you're getting paid half as much, but it's really not. The meeting is just as important, if not more important than certain things you may have done on a clinical day because you're learning new things. You're learning to implement new techniques or strategies, whatever that may be. So we've always paid them the same amount. We've always created lunch and we've always tried ways to add value by like getting them a CE credit in the process for those that need it, right? I don't know if you pay for hygiene, hygienist CD, uh, CE or what state you're in and everything's different, right? So I won't generalize, but but most of these clinical team members need CE credits. Finding a way to get them that, like maybe if you're doing training, having one of your local reps sponsor it to some extent with some three credit CE on whatever it is, right? They might even be able to help you cap the downside and provide some lunch and stuff for you guys if they get an opportunity to share a new toothbrush with you or something like that. Right? Yay. But you get my point. Take the time to create value for that meeting by paying people to be there and adding value in the, the other two ways I've showed you. And that's it. And then last but not least, it's like, so if you set the expectation and then you create value for the meeting, those two things together will increase attendance. And it always has for us. Set expectation, increase value. Done. What about you, man? Well, here we are, and holiday season is among us. And if you are like me, who just dropped Delta and saw a 30% decrease in new patients recently, you are asking Santa for more new patients. So if you want more new patients, I got to tell you, Relevance Online Marketing is the best. They are who I've been working with. And if you want to see an absolutely beautiful website that they have created, you can go to their website or you can go to mine and look at my practice, nelsonridge.com. They just updated it and man, it is gorgeous. I've gotten compliments from patients on it. And if you want something like that, Relevance Online Marketing is for you. There is no contract. And if you mentioned that you heard 
heard of them on the Dental Practice Heroes podcast, you will get the first month free to try them out and see how it is. They will not hijack your site. You still own everything. You still have all your passwords to everything. And it's not like those other marketing companies because I've been burned in the past. But I've been with this company for almost five years now, and there's a good reason for it. So if you want a marketing company that's going to work hard for you and do the things that you want them to do without you constantly telling them relevance online marketing is for you check them out at relevanceonlinemarketing.com and again mention the dental practice heroes podcast get that first month for free yeah totally with everything you're saying man it's i think you get what you tolerate i mean you set the example and you get what you tolerate too i'm working with the doctor right now and and he can't get one of the doctors to show up unless they pay their mm-hmm, normal mm-hmm. daily rate and i'll tell you at my office i do not If we're going to do an all-day meeting, I do not pay my doctors to come to that. I just say this is part of being part of our team, and but I do pay everybody else their normal stuff. It's a very expensive day to shut down the practice. And I think one thing that you mentioned too, Justin, is that when we're trying to do these after hours, we're so scared to shut down our practice for an hour or two. Honestly, I have never had anyone that's done it in the middle of the day and they said, oh, we produced less because of it. I mean, things will shift around. We've got so much like inefficiency in our schedule that there's no problem in just shutting it down for a day. Or not for a few hours. One thing that's worked really well at my office, because, you know, we got a big team and it's hard to have 40 plus people all be able to show up at a certain time. We plan these meetings well in advance, 12 months in advance, and people are putting them in their calendar well in advance. It is something that's important. And it's also tied to bonus at my office. So if you miss the meeting, you do not get bonus. Okay. If you had to be out of town because your brother was getting married, yeah, you weren't there. We've just had to be really consistent and clear about it because we started having, well, that's a good excuse. Well, they had that. I, I wouldn't want to miss that either. And I'm not saying that somebody should miss something really important because of a meeting, but you got to have consistent rules. When we start like bending and tolerating different reasons for not being at the meeting, we start getting more different reasons for not being at that, why they can't make the meeting. My kid is sick. I don't have anywhere to bring my kid. I, I have to do this or that. I don't, I mean, I've heard it all. I got a big team. And for me, it's like, that's fine. If you can't make the meeting, it's really important to me, then you're going to miss out on it. And in my office, that monthly bonus, sometimes it's like 500 to $1,000 at the end of the month. I'd say most of the time, it's probably like maybe 250 300 bucks. But damn, it's definitely worth showing up for like an hour and a half. So whatever it is, it's worth showing up. So that's been really successful for me. But yeah, same thing like what you said with the morning huddles. I struggled with that because I just didn't like coming to them and I felt like they were so just blah. And that was probably more of of our organization and what we were talking about. We were probably talking about too much. And we eventually just got away from doing the morning huddles altogether because I just got so tired of people coming in late for it. And I thought we did just fine without it. But having said that, I used to have that issue. I would be like, okay, when I showed up early and people that showed up late, I was mad. But when I showed up late, it was like, I can, why are you mad at me? Hey, I'm the boss. I get to do whatever I want here. It doesn't work like that. We learned that the hard way. So anything you want to add to that closing? We're at time here, Justin, just to take us down here. I think that's all great. I will just touch on the huddle piece because you mentioned that you guys chose not to do them. You don't necessarily have to do a huddle. I think that's important. People get hung up on doing things one way and one way only. However, the caveat to that is I would say most offices the majority would benefit from them because the majority of practices don't have as high or strong as a new patient flow as let's say your practice has experienced. And oftentimes like a very good new patient flow can help minimize 
some of the effects of not having one. Like, so what if you didn't identify that one same day treatment that day? Cause you're super yeah. productive anyway. Right. But I think the majority of practices, they really do need that. They were really good for us when we were small. I would say when we got bigger, it yeah. just became so hard to get everybody packed in that room and to have a functional meeting when we're talking about 11 operatories. You know, it just, it was like 11 yeah. providers going at once. It was just too much. A hundred percent. And especially if there's split shifts, even more complicated. Right. And so you mentioned another point that triggered something that's important. The 11 operatories or more, you can separate these. If you have that large of a team, separate them into groups. Like not everyone has to be in one. The admin can have their own huddle right? Hygiene can have their own huddle. The doctor can have their huddle separately, or you split them into two where it's like admin and clinical. There's some way that that can be done. I've seen all kinds of examples there. So you don't have to get everyone in one room. As long as everyone knows what the objective of the huddle is, each group has their checklist and then they communicate it in some way with each other, right? Like where same day treatment is going to be placed, like highlight it green or some system that you understand that everyone's communicating. You don't have to have them in the same room and you don't have to start at the same time. So don't let those barriers get in your way. Let's wrap it up on this question for you, Justin. Morning huddles. Is it important to talk about who's got a birthday coming up on the schedule that's coming in this week? Which of our patients got a birthday coming up? What do you think? Yes, just yes or no. You don't have to explain why or not. Just I don't think that's important to no, necessarily have a discussion about it. Oh my god, we used to do that. <laughs> but, like this person's got a birthday, birthday yeah. in three days. Make sure you have them wish. Oh my god, yeah, like, yeah, why are yeah. we doing this? All right, dentalbusinessmentor.com, $179 a month. Check out the videos from me and Justin, all sorts of stuff, training and all fun stuff that's you're gonna like. So Go check that out. Send us your questions at info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. Take care, everybody. Peace.